What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. And it's so good to be here with you on the Million Dollar Mindset this week. And always, this is Marla Tabaka. And I have a question for you. I want you to admit this to yourself, okay? There's an aspiring author inside of you somewhere, right? Well, sure there is, because you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if there weren't, right? And if you're an entrepreneur, becoming an author may be about the dream, but it's also about credibility and increasing your brand awareness. It's, a, it's about a lot more than the dream. Want to be seen as an expert? Well, sure you do. It's not just good for business. It's good for your personal brand as well. Speaking engagements, book tours guest posts on industry blogs. And, you know, these are all ways to grow both professionally and personally. And a book is your launching pad. It's so exciting, isn't it? But you have a lot of questions, don't you? Like, where where do I start? How do I start this? It just can feel and seem so overwhelming. I mean, it's it's new territory and it can be really, really intimidating. Believe me, I know firsthand. So as is the norm on Million Dollar Mindset Radio, I'm bringing an expert right to you. Our guest today is a national award-winning author, a book coach, professional speaker, and the president of Envision Associates, LLC. Virginia Bailey Parker coaches coaches seasoned business owners, consultants, coaches, and corporate executives who want to write books that will inspire others in business and life. Now, does that describe you? Is that what you want to do? Well, then, let's welcome Virginia Bailey Parker to Million Dollar Mindset Radio. Hi, Marla. How are you today? I am so good, and it's so good to have you here, Virginia. I'm really, really excited, not just because I know this is a topic that people need to be educated on because there are so many amazing unwritten books out there, but because I fall right into your audience. You know, I've got that half-written book in in, in my Dropbox, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is the time to get your questions answered. (laughs) Yeah, it really is, Virginia. Thank you so much for being here. Tell us first about you, Virginia. What inspired you to help others achieve the dream of publishing their book? Well, you know, I started out as a history teacher. I loved the colonial era, and um, I was was good at writing academic papers, and I loved really good historical fiction. Uh, James Michener was, you know, my favorite author. And I thought, well, I've got this background and these skills. I'd really like to try my hand at uh, writing a novel. And I thought it might take me, oh, one or two years. And uh, it turned out to be a 20-year journey. Oh, no! (laughs) Uh, That makes me feel better. (laughs) 
that's right. There's encouragement there. Uh, but, the, you know, the thing is, as, as I went along this journey of my own, I discovered that I had to learn to be not just, you know, an academic writer, but to learn the skills as a creative writer. And I had to do the research for the book. And I had to learn about publishing and marketing books. And and this all, you know, came together into who I became down the road. But because the challenges were so great and frustrating, um, I I just felt I wanted to share what I learned along the way so other authors had didn't have to reinvent the wheel for themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, that's amazingly generous of you. And Virginia, your your book was well worth the 20 years investment because what, it won two national awards, the, the Water's Edge did? Yes, it did. And uh, one of them, was very exciting, was presented at Book Expo America in New York. Um, that was, <laughs> it was a book of the year award and it's one of those moments where I kind of froze in my seat when they announced it, but uh-huh. are they really saying my name? <laughs> oh my gosh, and, how uh, exciting. And how yeah. long ago was that? Uh, that was in 2002 that I won the award. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. And you've, you've gone on then to help a number of, of business owners and executives, including our friend Lisa Menini on her bestseller, <laughs> Me, Myself, and Why, The Secrets to Navigating Change. I didn't even know uh, that until I read your bio. <laughs> I did. I did. It was a wonderful project to work on. Oh, well, um, and it's just wonderful. You know, it, that's a perfect example. You talked about how your book uh, really helps to um, uh, gain visibility, it establishes credibility, you know, puts put you in a, a different position as a business person. And, and uh, uh, so it's, it's wonderful to watch the whole process. The book is part of a business plan, not the end in, its, in itself. Yeah, I can only imagine because, as, as I said, you know, my book is is in Dropbox, and uh, but you know, so far the experience for me has has been, you know, it's really contributed to my own self awareness and self growth because when I let it sit for a while and I go back and I read what I've I've written, it's like wow, you know, it, it reminds me of a story of of my kids. If I can indulge myself here a little bit. Uh, my my twin girls are artists they're very artistic and they're 27 now but uh, when they were about five years old I came home once and Kim was standing at the kitchen table and she was just staring at her hands and I said honey what's wrong what are you staring at and she said she looked up she hadn't even had an awareness that I was in the room and she she had this look of awe on her face and she just said I can't believe that that and she pointed to a picture she had drawn came from these and she looked at her hands and it was just this moment of awareness for her that wow I have a gift I have a gift and that's kind of what it's like too when you start writing this book and the words start coming together you know you it's it's just a, such a powerful personal moment it is absolutely you couldn't have um, expressed it better uh, and that was one of the the fun things for me uh, as I went down this journey, because I, as I said, I've done a lot of academic papers, uh, but I did, I never realized that I had creativity inside me as a writer. Mm-hmm. And so there was this discovery and, oh my goodness, look what I've produced. And, and then you see how it touches other people's lives. And that's the real excitement, the real reward. 
Yeah, it, I, I can imagine it is, and someday I'll find out. <laughs> you will. You will. <laughs> so, Virginia, you have said that there are three questions that you should really sit down and ask yourself before you even start writing a book. What are those three questions? The three questions you should ask yourself before you ever start writing are, what, or who is my audience, what are my goals, and what is my message? And from those three answers will flow your entire book, mm-hmm. as well as your publishing choices and um, your marketing decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that can really create the outline for your book um, just by answering those questions. That's a great start for the outline, which is where I began anyway. I don't know if that's the right place to begin, but that's where I started. It's a wonderful place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, uh, as, as far as um, starting, too, I know lots of, lots of writers get really um, – you know, kind of self-conscious about their writing, and and they think, oh, you know, it's uh, they start judging before they've even written. And and I always recommend that um, whatever process works for a person, whether it's recording into their smartphone or um, writing in a journal or typing on their computer or just even making little notes and throwing them into a shoebox, mm-hmm. um, that they just start getting their ideas down, and then they will start to see patterns when they pull them out and start looking at things. And then, then they can ask those questions and see where all, all their notations begin to fit into those, those three questions. Yeah, you bring up such an important point that I think is important for everyone out there to acknowledge that we all have different learning styles. We all have different um, communication styles. And I know when, when I used to sit down to write a speech, I would I would plant myself in front of the computer and I would expect myself to pound out this profound inspirational educational speech and it would I'd end up having like panic attacks <laughs> and then one day I realized you know this just isn't the way you do it Marla maybe the way that others do it but it's not the way you do it and so I took my my little recording device at the time the digital recording device and started walking in the woods just speaking from the heart to my audience and then I would come home and just transcribe the bullet points from from that speech that I just gave from my heart and I would imagine it's the same way in a book. Like for me, I have to sit in front of a big old whiteboard for a while just doing a mind map before I even start the next chapter. And that's really powerful for me. So it's important that people realize that they have to honor their own communication style and figure out what works for them. And there's no right or wrong way. That is absolutely true. And and the other thing that flows from that is that books are organic. And they kind of shape themselves. And you, you start out with a certain idea of what this book is going to be and what it's going to look like. And, and it evolves over time. and it, it shifts. And what you end up with um, is very different, usually, than what you started out with. 
And I have had so many people say that's me. We're about to go and break into break. But when we come back from that break, I'd like to talk a little bit more about that because, you know, I've spoken to other people too. And, and this is kind of my conundrum where, you know, I had this idea for this book and, and, and I was really married to this idea and I've written the foundation for it. And now the idea is just kind of falling on its face and it's just not taking shape. And everyone is saying, well, just keep writing. Just keep writing and another idea will take shape. So hopefully that uh, that's true because I need to get back to it. So we're about to go into break. And as we do that, I'd like to remind you all to go check out this week's Inc. article. It's out there and you're going to think I'm a little bit nuts, but here it is. It's five things your dog can teach you about leadership. That's right. You know, your pet is really cute. We all know that, but take a closer look. He's got some lessons for you. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make It Happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here. For Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we are here today learning about how you're going to start your book because we know you want to. We're here with Virginia Bailey Parker, and she's a national award-winning author. So make sure to check out her website. Virginia, where will we find you on the web? Uh, you can find me at HTTP colon forward slash forward slash envision dash associates dot com. Associates is plural. Envision dash associates. Correct. Yeah. And must have the dash. 
Yeah, yeah, I know. It works that way, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So, Virginia, going into break, we're talking about something that I think is is important, too, because I know a lot of people who are stuck at this point. It's like, well, gosh, I thought I thought this was what it's going to look like. And darn it, it's starting to look more like this. And then we get stumped. Talk to us a little bit about that. Uh, I can relate to that because I still have that uh, happen when I have a particular idea, particular wording, and I think it's right, and 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 I know it needs something done to it. But I, as you say, you get married to what's there, and the best thing is to say to yourself, um, "This is a writing prompt. It's helped me to um, perfect my language and um, to move forward." But I really need to put this aside and think about it as if it were a blank sheet of paper mm-hmm. um, and, and just come at it from an entirely different angle because we, we, we tinker around with the, the writing that we have and we, we can't really fix it. We need to do something different. So um, that, that, that's the first thing that I would say. And, and then, um, you know, I mean, this is classic because it's, it's, first draft, even if it's the fifth draft, <laughs> it's, still a work in pro- it's still a work in progress, and, and it has to be refined. And think about what questions people ask you, and, and that often brings you back to what you really need to be talking about. Yeah, I think that's important. And, and keep a running journal. I know I had started to do this and, and it was very powerful. I need to go back to it. When, when I'm in a coaching session with one of my business clients, I, I would write down the things that I said that I felt were kind of like, wow, where did that come from? <laughs> you know, and then I would, yeah, and I would also write down, I do this anyway, and they're running notes, but I write down their questions. And and that really is a way, you know, when you're in business, when you're out there in the field, when you're working with clients, whatever it is you do, I think it's good to keep a little journal like that. And that'll help you in your book to be aware of what people need to hear from you. Well, absolutely, uh, because... Even though we are excited about the book that we're writing that comes from our experience, the the really important thing for a business writer to remember is that this is not about them. It's that their book and their experiences are the vehicle to help their readers find solutions to their problems and help Mm -hmm. to overcome their challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and... You know, I know a lot of people when they start writing, they can tend to be, especially experts in in certain industries, they can tend to be very mechanical about their writing and speaking. And, you know, I'm always telling people, stop with the industry jargon unless you're writing in an industry newsletter or something like that. And to use metaphors and stories and things like that, why, why do you suppose that's so powerful and inspirational? Because we know that it is. Oh, absolutely. Uh, If you think about the reason people read novels, it's because it draws them into the story. They feel what the characters are feeling, and they can relate. Uh, Even if it's a different situation, they can relate to similar feelings in similar situations. Uh, And and that's really uh, what goes on in a nonfiction book. If you're telling stories, uh, people are actually more likely to remember the principle you're trying to relate to them if it's presented in a story. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if you just give a simple how-to. 
And running metaphors, I think, are, are excellent, too. One, one business book that, you know, just comes to mind to, for me so often, and it's, I mean, it was a very good book, but it's, it was more because of the metaphor that he had going, is Mike Michalowicz's, um The Pumpkin Plan. And, you know, the whole gist of this was, was the farmer who has that big giant pumpkin, you know, and, and how he has to weed everything else off the vine and give all the nurturance and love and caring to this pumpkin to make it get so big. And it's the same way in business. You have to weed out the clients that aren't your ideal client. And I think that he, you know, that book was so successful because it's, it's a metaphor that runs through the whole book. And, and that, is also a very powerful way to speak. Absolutely. Uh, it's visual. And, uh, yeah. again, people, when people become active participants in a story, you know, they can visualize it. They begin to kind of figure out what's coming next and, and what might the solution be and how would I handle this. So, so they're active participants and they're engaging their brain in a very different way. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure that people get people who know um, technical material and and by technical, it can be, you know, life experience and growth type things, anything, whatever your industry is. I'm sure that they often get stumped on what kinds of stories can they tell? How how can they bring about some story that will engage the reader and and actually bring them into the book? Do you have any tips on, on how to how to get to that point of making your book more about storytelling? Uh, that's a really great question. Uh, I think we have to be super listeners and really focus on the questions that people are asking us. And when we're giving them answers, <laughs> we, we uh-huh. watch their eyes to see whether they're glazing over uh, and, and look for the points that we can relate to. You, you mentioned metaphors, uh, a story that can kind of demonstrate uh, and show instead of tell the principle and relate it maybe even to something else. After all, a pumpkin patch is, is not a business, but people can understand that, mm-hmm. uh, that context. So maybe they need to tell stories of, of that sort. And um, just think about the human experience. I mean, when we get down, um, down to it, we're all people, and we have, we have things in common. We understand. Uh, so if it's a technical book, you're absolutely right. Don't, don't get bogged down in, in all the technical jargon. Um, think about just having a conversation with people. What would you say in conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, make it real, make it um, friendly. And, uh, you know, I always say to people, you know, if, if you're an expert, people will will get that. But speak from your heart, not from your brain, and uh, right. these stories will unfold. Yeah, yeah. So we sit down and we begin with this, this outline, right? Um, mm-hmm. And... I know I usually talk about what stumps me because generally that's the same thing that stumps my audience. So, you know, the other thing that I look at is, oh, okay, to self-publish or do I do I try to get published, recognized by a publisher, you know, and, and I don't I don't want to cross that bridge, right? 
it just seems kind of overwhelming to me. So one way to sabotage that, one way to avoid crossing that bridge is just to sabotage the whole book writing <laughs> attempt. So, <laughs> and I'm doing a pretty darn good job. <laughs> well, it, it can be daunting. Uh, but if you start to take it down, instead of looking at the whole mountain, start taking one range at a time. Uh, look at your goals. Not every book is even right for a big publisher or even a, um, a medium-sized publisher. And so what are your, what are your goals? Is this a book that you really think is going to have a large audience or is it going to have a small audience and, and kind of elevate your stature as a business person? So, and, and then some of the other issues that you have to look at Involve how involved you want to be in the publishing of your book because that takes on a lot of responsibility. On the positive side, you have a lot more creative control over what your final product looks like. So you have to kind of see how you're wired and what you'd like to do and what you, what control you want to retain over your book and how you want it to go out into the world. And there may be, uh, from my viewpoint, also a downside to having that creative control because what if you really think you're very creative and you're not? <laughs> and I've seen that in some authors who have self-published where they've insisted that, uh, you know, not using an editor would be good because they didn't want the style to change. And, and it's really obvious that they're first-time authors. Um, so... I personally think it's important that even if you choose to self-publish, that you have an editor and that you get professional help with your book. What are your thoughts on that? You couldn't be more correct than than that. Uh, we all have to um, have someone else to give us some feedback. Uh, we have to step outside ourselves, and that's very difficult for some people to be really objective about their work. But you don't know how your writing is being received until you begin to get feedback from other people. And uh, you can ask for constructive criticism. It doesn't have to be uh, a painful experience. But every time I have been in a critique group with other professional writers, my writing has always uh, strengthened. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful process to go through. And you can identify better what people really need if if you're having other people look at it. You can see what they're responding to. Um, things that you've thought, this, this is one of the prime reasons you need other people to look at your work, whether it's an editor or a book coach. Uh, it, you have so much information in your mind, you have a backstory. You assume that the reader has that same information. You need somebody else to say, I don't get this because I don't have that information. And that helps you to present it differently when you go back and edit your book. Yeah, it really does. I have someone, you know, editing my book as I go along and then we'll go back over it again, of course. But um, gosh, it it helps so much to have those questions posed to you so you can go back and, and, um, you know, make those revisions. So we're, oh my gosh, we're already going into our second break, which is just 
kind of crazy. This is going so fast. And I'm wondering, Virginia, when we come back, and, and I'm not sure that you know this or not, but um, if you have some tips for people in, in terms of how to find an editor, um, I think that'd be a great thing to talk about a little bit, too. So we will be back from this break. You're going to learn that and, uh, gosh, a lot more about marketing your book and, and more great tidbits as we go. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Secret Cuisines and Sacred Rituals is a quest, a place, and a feast. Join host Vilasi Venkatachalam every week to explore myths, mystique, old medicine, and brilliant modern solutions through a dazzling kaleidoscope of cuisines, cultures, and cures. This is the place where tribes gather, strangers and familiars, to be memory keepers and makers of our evolving, enduring, evergreen, spoken legacy of wisdom and ingenuity. In Velocity's words, when we do old things in new ways and new things in old ways, we paint with an inspired palette, weave our own healing traditions, and become our own guru. Vilasi is a troubadour of secret cuisines and sacred rituals. She collects stories of wisdom in ingenuity, and grit. She believes wellness and transformation happen when you stand at the threshold of delight and discovery. She displays her hidden penchant for drama when she leads the safari at the supper club. Her favorite pastime is to extol the marvels of cuisines, cultures, and cures. To her audience in workplaces, seminars, and salons, her mantra is, be your own guru. She is a biochemist, botanist, and alchemist who likes to churn delightful, useful things from a brew of art and science, ancient and evolving, old medicine, and new cures. Join Velocity every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your High on Life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we are here learning how you and I are going to get our books published. And we're learning from the expert. This woman has won two national awards. And she's also served as the managing editor of the international award-winning Michigan Psychiatric Society newsletter. So there's just awards coming left and right here. So we're very, very pleased and honored to have Virginia Bailey Parker on our show today, helping us, uh, you know, to just kind of get our our stride in getting that book out there. So thanks for all this great information you're sharing today, Virginia. Oh, it's my pleasure. 
Oh, so glad. So going into break, um, I asked about an editor. You know, I just happen to have a friend who's an editor, so I know how blessed I am. And uh, But I know that it's not that easy for people out there who don't have such friends. So what are they to do? The, the very first thing that they should look for when they talk to an editor, first of all, I mean, they should look at their credentials to see if they feel this person has enough of a background to um, really be of assistance. But when they talk to the editor or book coach, they should be watching to see whether they are asked those three essential questions. What, who is your audience? What are your goals? And uh, what is your message? And they should also be asking them, what makes your book unique? And uh, the discussion kind of goes from there into the specifics. Um, but they should also look at how they're getting along with that person, because this is going to be uh, quite um, an intensive relationship, and they need to feel very comfortable that they're wired in a similar way and that they can communicate and relate and that this is going to be a very positive relationship for them. Yeah. So that's very important. Yeah, there definitely has to be synergy there. And if it doesn't work on either side, it's really best just to move on and, and find someone else. Uh, tell us the difference between an editor and a book coach. Uh, for for our purposes here, there are quite a few different types of editors. But for our purpose here, let's talk about content editing and copy editing. Content Editing um, involves looking at the overall structure and organization of the book and what the message is and how it's being presented. Uh, at, at, and if you're dealing with an editor at a publishing house, they're going to have much more creative control over what that final product is actually going to look like. Now, a copy editor is more of a uh, micromanager in the editing arena they're going to look at sentence structure, grammar, punctuation. They're going to look for consistency, whether there is repetition and that sort of thing. Now, a book coach, by definition, being a coach, is a guide. They're going to help you to explore the various possibilities in publishing and marketing. They are also going to critique your manuscript and um, give you their best advice for, for what is going to help you strengthen your writing, but ultimately the decisions and the responsibility rest with the writer to decide whether they want to accept that advice or reject it. And they may work with a book coach before they send it off to uh, an agent hoping to get a big publisher, or they may be working with a book coach before they self-publish their book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as an as a coach, boy, I'm, I'm really going to endorse that because when we go back to those three questions you have to ask yourself, who's my audience, what are my goals, and what is my message? I mean, just that alone, you know, a lot of times I would imagine that uh, when you ask people, okay, what is your message, that you probably get, well, I want them to know this and I want them to know that. And then, and then, and then you know, right? And we've got to get concise about this and really get it down, right? Very true. One of the most challenging tasks for a writer is to uh, encapsulate their book in one concise sentence. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tough task. (laughs) But it makes you really focus on being totally clear about what your message is. 
you you have to be able to do that. Yeah. And and think about you know a script for a TV show or or um, a movie. It's there in one sentence. Now you can elaborate later on in other materials. But people ask you they they don't want you know a, a full book length description yeah. of of what your book is. They they want you to give it in just one short sentence. Yeah. So okay, I'm going to put exercise. you on. Yeah, and I'm going to put you on the spot here, so if you don't have this offhand, I totally understand. But can you give us an example? Like, can you cite a book or your own book or Lisa Manini's book or anything and tell us what that one sentence is, give or take? Uh, okay, for my um, for my novel, it is the story of three families who immigrate to colonial New England in the 1600s. Uh, and it follows the challenges they face as they can't carve out a life for themselves in the wilderness. Mm, so that really sums it up. Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So does the message, does that one or two sentences ever um, contain a promise? Like in a business book, let's say. Read this well, book and you, you will. Like. Yeah. You, you might say, for example, I'm giving the, uh, well, you wouldn't say I'm giving, but... Uh, um, such and such a book um, gives you the top three tips to become a successful entrepreneur, for example. Okay, got um, it. So in that case, there would be a promise. And, you know, I coach people all the time on this. They'll make the promise, and then their book doesn't clearly deliver. They feel mm-hmm. they've discussed this. But you need to have in your book, if you're giving a promise like the top three tips, it has to be very clear in your book. Here's tip one, here's tip two, here's tip three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's where, again, only in my limited experience, but that's where the outline comes in um, it, and it's so important. Oftentimes I'll be working on a chapter and I'll go back to my outline where I have my bullet points of what I what I want to convey in that chapter. And I'm like, oh, wow, oops, I really missed some things here. <laughs> you know, let's go back to the drawing board. That's right. And, and that keeps you right on task yeah. when you've got that clearly defined. Yeah. But, but yeah. you don't want to stay too too closely tied to that because you right. have to be able to step outside that box and, and uh, uh, strengthen your book by making some changes. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Okay, so we've, we've covered just those three main questions and considering self-publishing or publishing through Publishing House and, and such. Um, so, so the book is done, and... Um, we need to market the book. And, you know, it's kind of people get disappointed when when I say to them that, well, you know, in, in business, especially you, do, you don't necessarily write a book to make a lot of money because it's really rare that that happens. You're writing this as sort of a, a really impressive business card, back of the room sales, you know, to get your expertise kind of amped up and 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 get seen marketing, branding, all those kinds of things. Um but we still have to market the book. And correct me if I'm wrong in any of those uh, statements that I just made as well. Um, but we still have to market the book. So let's talk about that. Great. Great. And, and I think one of the, the important things for, market, or for authors to understand is that whether they are published by a big publishing house or they self-publish, they are going to be responsible for most or all of their, their marketing. So they really have to be good business people, and they have to start marketing long before that book ever hits the shelf. So the people know it's coming, they know who they are, they have an audience already started, and uh, 
uh, they can build in on those um, on that marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I always love to share this tip, and I do so freely and with his permission. I have a friend named Gary Moore who wrote a uh, fictional novel based on his father's life story, um, and it's called um, something, I think it's like Playing with the Enemy, and it's just an amazing, amazing novel. And he was so clever. What he did was he went to, I'm pretty sure it was Southwest Airlines, and he negotiated a deal, and he said, look, fly me a my wife to 50 cities in 60 days and Uh I will talk about your airlines in my book and they did it and he was a first time author so I can't even imagine how he pulled that off but how brilliant was that and then he booked himself in um, in bookstores 50, 50 times inside of like three months time it was amazing That is really creative. I had not heard that story, but it's a wonderful story. And and that's the thing. You have to be creative. You were mentioning before about how people need to um, write um, uh, guest blogs, and, um, you know, they they have an e-zine out there, and they're posting articles uh, on other websites. And, you know, they they get as much information, uh, activity on social media also. I mean, that's really important. Uh, so there are lots of ways that they can be talking about their book ahead of time. And if people are interested, for example, in bulk sales for their book, they need to lay that groundwork ahead of time to build the relationships because companies um, that have money to buy large, you know, bulk orders of books for a book that, say, would benefit their employees or their clients already have their budgets created a year ahead. So you want to be in there when they're making their decisions and Mm -hmm. present them with material about your forthcoming book. Yeah, definitely. I'm working with a publicist and, and she's already talking about, you know, we've got to have a nice glossy one pager for your book and, mm-hmm. you know, something that just really highlights the book and a professional little bookmark that we can send out um, to these types of companies to get this book bought ahead of time. That's right. Yeah. Very good advice. Yeah, definitely. You've got to promote it. You've, you've got to market it. And um, I'd, I'd like to talk more about that when we come back from this final break that we're already going into. And uh, understand, too, something I think that's important for us to touch on, Virginia, is the initial upfront cost, or I, I won't say cost because we can't give them exact numbers, but the expenditures that we can expect as authors. You know, we have to remember that this is not something you're going to go into and it's just going to be a free deal that there's a cost to becoming an author today, unfortunately. So that's important to know. You have to have a little budget, <laughs> quite a quite a budget <laughs> to get your book published in some cases. So when we come back, we'll talk about that and uh, look a little bit more into the marketing and um, just again, kind of to recap the show and, and understand where we can start when we want to sit down and write this book. You are listening to The Million Dollar Mindset. This is Marla Tabaka, and you can find me at MarlaTabaka.com. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset 
with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Spark Your Soul Radio with Ann Phyllis. Perspectives with purpose, insights with heart. The WooHoo Radio Network show for spiritual seekers and fire starters who are ready to stop feeling lost, alone, confused, or blocked and start tuning into your soul speak so you can ignite all areas of your world from your work to your relationships, lifestyle to legacy. Host Ann Phyllis is a spiritual analyst, fire starter, energy alchemist, and soul truth clairvoyant. Using the heart and purpose-based principles of her signature Soul Sense system, Anne offers weekly wisdom for tuning in, letting go, unlocking, and unblocking. If you've been walking through life with excess baggage, a heavy heart, a feeling of disconnection from your inner life, consider Anne your guide to spark your soul journey and reignite your relationships, life, purpose, work, and spiritual consciousness. Every week on Spark Your Soul Radio, Anne takes you on a journey into the heart of your soul sense. There, she helps translate your energy, essence, and soul truth knowing into positive action and change. From this space of personal awakening and transformation, you're able to reignite your spirit, spark your soul, and live in alignment with your vision and values. Ready to spark your soul? Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player. Got a question for Anne? Want to be a guest on her show? Visit sparkyoursoul.me and listen to Anne every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. I am not the woman I used to be. I'm free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 Central on Toginet. This is your chance, ladies, to hear stories of hope and healing from someone who's been there. Someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest. Minister Diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness, which led to her being emotionally, physically, and sexually abused by her parents. Yet in spite of this trauma, she has gone on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm Free is a straight-up show to enlighten you and to lighten your load. Do not let the weight of this world or the things that have happened to you control your life. For more on the show and Diane and her book, The Story of Me, email her directly from her show page here on Toginet. Then, join us for I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. Monday nights at 10, 9 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. So if your book is sitting up in your Dropbox as well, make sure to look up Virginia, and you will find her at Envision dash associates plural dot com envision associates dot com virginia before we go in talking about a budget for writing a book and a little bit more on marketing i know that you have an event coming up that sounds really really exciting a teleseminar tell us a little bit about that well i i am very excited about this uh, event because i am going to um present over the four tuesdays in october four sessions on how to write, publish, and market your book. It'll give aspiring authors a really solid foundation um, to go forward. But the super exciting thing for me is that I've designed it so that writers can actually jumpstart their book and take that action to to begin to write their book. So mm-hmm. that that's 
that's the most exciting part for me to see them actually start to write their book. Yeah, that, that's got to be just so rewarding for you, and especially when you see writers go on and, and achieve best-selling status and win awards and, and just the personal gratification and what it does for their business as well. That's uh, I know as a coach, that's where it is for you. <laughs> yeah, it, it really yeah. is thrilling to watch that process. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Okay, so they, we can learn more about that at um, envision-associates.com slash become business author seminar with hyphens between each word. So it's become business author seminar with hyphens between each word. Or I would imagine, do you have a link from your homepage at Envision? I, mm-hmm. I do. Right on the homepage of envision-associates.com, there, okay. there is a link on the right side, and they can go right to the information about the seminar. Beautiful. And that starts in only a week on October 7th and uh, goes then, um, you know, every every Thursday, as you said, uh, Thursday, right? Tuesday, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, every Tuesday through the month of October. So and it comes, it looks like with a an actual live Q&A session, which is really, really valuable if they get access to you. Right, because during a, a seminar, there are questions that arise, and, and you think yeah. about it after the session. So I'm gathering all those questions, and I'm going to give them a special bonus session on the 28th so they can answer all their questions. Perfect, perfect. I love it. All right, so let's go back. Um, I, I just really want to make sure and touch on this, on a budget for for getting a book out there. And I think that, you know, most of our listeners are entrepreneurs. And so I don't know that it makes a difference if we're looking at a, a fictional novel or a business book. But I'd love to look at that and, and just help people kind of get a feeling for what kind of money they're actually going to need to write a book. You know, in my experience, I've been approached oh gosh, three times now by, by pretty significantly large publishing houses to, to write for them, to, to publish a book with them. And in all cases, it, it came down to, okay, how many, how many books are you willing to buy in advance? Am I willing to buy in advance? And, and we're looking at a pretty significant amount of money. And, um, you know, the first time that happened, I was, I was so disappointed and hurt. I just wasn't ready for it. So let's talk a little bit about those types of surprises and, and what, what we're looking at. Well, there are so many different business models for how to publish your book, and um, you, you really have to be careful. Look at the contract, as obviously you did, uh, to see whether they are they're presenting themselves as a publisher, but they're really a, a book manufacturer. They may put your book in a catalog, but you're really self-publishing in this case, and that's fine. Um, many, many authors today uh, are self-publishing. You can do it for larger dollars if you're interested in um, getting your book into the big bookstore chains, but they may not even carry it on their shelves. It may only be available through their distributor slash wholesaler. There's also the option that writers can publish a a few books at a time, print-on-demand, which is POD. Uh, And it's really a good idea to not publish too many books at the beginning because you may find as you get it out there that you need to make some revisions or some corrections, and you can do it a lot more easily if you don't have too many books already on the uh, market. So uh, you may do it for a very few dollars, or you can spend thousands of dollars. It depends upon your marketing plan 
and and you really need a business plan. That working out the finances is all part of doing at least a modified business plan for your yeah. book because that's what it is—a small business. Yeah, it definitely is, and and you don't want to just look at the goals um, within your book, but the, looking at the goals outside of your book are really important. Really, really know why you're authoring this book, and um, and how much money you know if you want to budget three thousand or ten thousand dollars to get this book out onto the market. Know that up front, so there are no surprises. Right. Yeah. Right, and 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 here's a really important thing for people to understand that if they go with a a whole a distributor slash wholesaler at the same company, but the relationships are different, they may be paying every time a book of theirs goes through the hands of the distributor, and so they can wind up paying a lot more in the handling, shipping and handling of those books throughout the system back and forth through getting it to bookstores and getting it returns and shipping it back to you and so on. So you have to look very carefully at that or you can have some financial surprises. Yeah, and you know, I have a number of friends and associates who have actually been published through a publishing house and actually have decided to self-publish because, you know, their one of their goals with the book is back-of-the-room sales. And so it just didn't make sense. They were making, you know, 50 cents a dollar a book versus $9 a book or $8 a book. Correct, correct. And again, it's very important going back to what your goals are and how much you want to manage this side of the, the business of uh, publishing books. Mm-hmm. But it makes it very exciting. Yeah. Uh, and many, many authors thrive on that. Yeah, definitely. Me, I'm more of a, uh, let me just write the book and give it to somebody to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is the essential nature of most writers. I just want to create. I don't want to worry about the business. <laughs> yep, you know it. You know it. If only it were that easy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, yes. So uh, so do you have an opinion, Virginia, on, on the wisdom of going right to a publishing house versus finding an agent? It depends, first of all, on your name recognition and how how valuable your book is as a contribution to that particular genre. That's, that's number one. Um, number two, um, there is a much longer time frame involved if you are going through an agent because you have to submit it usually to agents before it goes to edit, an, editing, or an editor at a publishing house. And so it may go through several rounds before somebody picks it up. It's going to go through revisions. Once it gets to the um, publishing house, it can be a year or two years before it actually uh, gets on the shelves. So you may have a time frame that can't support that kind of delay. If you really want to step up your business, it may be very valuable to you to self-publish, even if you're not selling as many copies, just because you need to have that book out there for the credibility and, and the mm-hmm. um, visibility that it gives you. Yeah, wonderful. And and one last question on that topic. Once you self-publish a book... Um, mm-hmm. Is it possible then to go back with the same book or, or some rendition of that book and have it published through a publishing house? Oh, yes. And many, many authors that you would recognize self-published their book because they had it rejected so many times, and then they went on to, to have it picked up um, by a major publisher, and one of the okay. top names is John Grisham. He oh, my goodness. 
he self-published at Time to Kill because it was rejected, I think, something like 28 times. So he published a few thousand copies, and and uh, it got noticed, and it was picked up, and, you know, the rest is history. And that story has been told many times. So that's another advantage in self-publishing. You get a following, and you get attention, and then a large house is interested because now you now you're a tested author. Okay. Virginia, we just have about two minutes left, which is just amazing. It's been so fun. Um, it has. You know, it really has. And we've covered a lot of the challenges here. But there's a flip side. You know, there's there's a really heartfelt side of becoming an author. Give us those words of inspiration, girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody has a story to tell. And uh, I think people don't always recognize the value of what they have to share but your experiences, your journey in life can help other people to hope, cope, and achieve in their own lives. You can make their lives easier just by sharing your story. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeling when people come back and say, oh, my gosh, your book made such a difference in my life. So mm-hmm. don't hold back. Tell your story. Yeah, yeah. It it's uh, I'm sure it must feel so good and I will find out. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be watching. I, I'm waiting for that book. Oh goodness, that's good to know. That's good to know. So oh you, this has just been a, a wonderful and educational experience. Virginia Bailey Parker. We so appreciate you. Well, thank you. It's been a delight to be on your show. I really appreciate you uh, inviting me. Oh, absolutely, Virginia. And again, you will find Virginia at envision-associates.com. And don't forget that her teleseminar four-part is coming up on Tuesdays in October. So you don't have much time how to write your book, how to edit your book, how to publish and market your book, and an actual bonus Q&A session at the end on October 28th. And and that is so valuable. So go to envision-associates.com. Dot com to learn more about that. And I'd like to remind you too to check out this week's ink column at ink.com slash author slash Marla hyphen tobacco and learn what you can learn from your dog about leadership. I challenge you to guess what those five points are. We'll see you here next week on the Million Dollar Mindset Radio. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, 